You may be seated, and welcome to our midweek service, as Pastor Mel shared earlier. Um, we've been talking about kingdom priorities, just spending time making sure we set the foundation for this first quarter of the year of uh, supernatural restoration. Um, and so we've been talking about finding purpose on Sunday, and of course, we've been talking about the uh, just establishing our kingdom priorities here on Wednesday. And... <clears throat> Actually, I think we've had a pretty good time. You know, if you, uh, if you haven't had an opportunity to see the previous uh, uh, videos, they're out there on, on YouTube and on Facebook. But, of course, you can access any video we have, all the archives on our, uh, our web, website, aircc.org. And you can look for media resources. Oh, no, all you got to do is really hit... Um, Broadcast live button. Hit the broadcast live button, and it'll have the archive videos, okay? All right, so let's uh, get into this word today since we've been talking about, since we're talking about kingdom priorities. The Lord has been just pouring out some, some wonderful, wonderful, wonderful insight and revelation. Can't wait to the next teachings after Fast Word. So we're going to talk about uh, renewing the mind, but what's the other one? Uh, No, we already did that. We already, we already did a message on can't get no satisfaction. Uh, it's something I'm bringing back, but not that one. Renewing the mind is actually uh, is something else that we've already taught. But it's, uh, oh, I know what it is. I was getting some insight on it just a little while ago. Hold on a second. It's, uh, it is not ashamed. Not ashamed. <laughs> yeah, that's what we're going to be talking about, yeah. So I just got like a whole lot of insight just sitting here doing praise and worship. All right, so let's, uh, let's get into these kingdom priorities. And um, um, it's, uh, we're going to hit an ang- a particular angle today because kingdom priorities or prioritizing the kingdom, it prepares us for the kingdom test. It prepares us for the kingdom test, which, of course, prepares us for kingdom purpose, Right? So we're talking about finding purpose on, on Sunday, but the priorities, when we, when we set priorities, we prioritize things, that prepare us for the test. You know what I'm saying? So if you think about it in school, if you prioritize study, <laughs> you're prepared for the test, right? You know, or we read this morning in uh, Proverbs 12, the person that hates discipline is in trouble, right? Like yeah, I know it didn't say he's in trouble, but I just summarized it, right? The person that hates discipline is really, matter of fact, was it the easy to read version just highlighted stupid. You know, like, you know, that word I got in trouble for a long time ago in the past, right? You just highlight, like, you know, you, if, if you're running from wisdom, you stupid, you know. You know, King James says fool, right? I don't think either one is good. You don't want to be a fool or stupid, right? You definitely want to be a stupid fool. <laughs> <laughs> right. It's a bad combination. It's Bible study fellowship in the morning, 6 a.m. to 8 a.m., Monday through Friday on our conference line. You can access that information on the website as well, right? All right, so we have a good time in the morning, kind of walking through the Bible, not rushing through the Bible. We'll hit the uh, Old Testament and we'll hit, uh, well, right now we're walking through Genesis and then uh, a, a chapter of Proverbs. If we get to it, sometimes we have a lot of. Genesis has a lot of good meat, don't it? 
Yeah, so a lot of times, you know, it's hard to get out of the chapters, but it's wonderful to walk through, and then you have what triggers so many different people and the questions they may have, questions are answered. So you don't have to be a scholar to call in. Uh, you just have to be willing to learn, um, which we'll talk about when we talk about finding purpose on Sunday. All right, so let's get into this. Kingdom priorities prepare us for kingdom tests, which prepare us for kingdom purpose, okay? Right? And... And this is the interesting thing is some people, um, even when they have some levels of, of priority, they, they try to, uh, some people embrace their priorities. Some people uh, avoid them. Many people try to manipulate around priorities. You know, like, you know, we can keep coming up with excuses not to prioritize, prioritize stuff. But, you know, once you lock in and you start prioritizing things, now there's a level of accountability that you're even holding yourself to, you know, because I've already established this is what I'm doing. So, so, so what I'll do is I'll set goals, and I don't, I'm not intimidated if I haven't gotten to what I said I was going to do. So let's say if I want to exercise, I'll be like, that's my target. And so every time, you know, my wife would be like, so, babe, you do such and such? No, not yet, but it's, I'm mindful. So, so once I'm mindful, now I've actually set the compass. And then once I've become mindful, eventually that's going to be a part of my repertoire. You know, that's going to be something I do. You know, whether, whether it's, you know, I want to cut out something every fast week, I try to cut something else out, you know, because I'm already fasting, so I don't cut everything out, but then I don't pick it back up after the fast week. Right? Because it was a priority to get rid of it in the first place. You, you got me there so far? So, but the thing is, you got to set the target first. You can't set the excuse first. Right? You have to set the, the, the target first. This is what I'm going to do. Not making an excuse, you know, well, you know, I would do that because this. Well, you know, some, you know, I don't know, I just can't find the time. Well, that's setting the excuse first. You know, the goal is, no, no, I'm doing this. I'll be it. I'll, I'll get up in the morning. I was telling my wife driving in. I said it's amazing how we got a lot of people up in the morning. I said, you know, now now it's 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 a it's probably a struggle for some of the younger people because of some of the older people for some reason we we gonna wake up anyway. Now I'm not saying that we don't fight to get out of bed like everybody else, but it's a lot harder when you're younger because you can sleep a lot longer, right? Your body just you know you're up all night. If you up all night. It's going to be a struggle getting up. You know, some of us, you know, we're on a particular clock, right? But I was telling her, it's amazing how people are getting up. And guess what? You can talk to somebody and you can tell them you're getting up in the morning and how often you're getting up. They'll be like, what? Really? How are you doing that? Right? It's something that they're not doing. It's not something that they can't do. Right? So I was telling somebody, I was going over my little workout. And I was talking about some things, some things I do legs. I do legs twice a week, but I do separate types of legs, something I was taught. But one of the things I do, I try to do it. I haven't been doing it as consistent four or five times a week. Even if I'm not lifting legs, I'll go in and I'll do 100 reps of like 155. So I was telling this guy, and he was like, 100? And so, so, so I did it this morning. Today's not leg day, but I did it just to get myself rolling. And I said, I just did 100. Like I said to myself, I said, that wasn't nothing. It wasn't nothing because now it's a part of my repertoire, right? And so, so the thing, once you, once you get going, it becomes your default. But you got to set it. Don't set the excuse. 
said the target, right? All right, but when we, when we don't set our, our, our priorities or play off the kingdom, kingdom, for, kingdom work first, as we talked about seeking first the kingdom of God, Matthew 6.33, we, we're, we, we find ourselves avoiding tests because we're not ready for them. You know, you, know, you got tests coming up. You ain't study. You're like, you're trying to, you're trying to well, th- these days I guess you could, you could email the teachers. Like, we had to go to school. You know, well, I guess you can email the teacher and say, oh, well, could I get an extension? Uh, well, you know, uh, I wasn't really feeling well that week. Uh, really, you just decided to go on vacation and not take your books with you, with the parents, right? But you know, good and well, you could have studied, right? Um, but we avoid tests, right? We, we avoid tests, but that's because we're not prepared for them. Now, the interesting thing about this uh, uh, is, let's go to 1 Timothy 3. 1 Timothy 3. And so a lot of times when you're, okay, so we said the priorities lead to the test, right? Kingdom priorities lead to kingdom test. Kingdom test leads to what? Kingdom purpose, right? And so, so again, a lot of times we want the purpose, right? But we didn't pass the test. Or we want the promotion, but we didn't pass the test. And so sometimes you get frustrated because it's like, how come they, they're not putting me here? Or, or why, why are they ignoring me? No, they're not ignoring you. Promotion comes from who? Yeah. God, right? Not from the east, west, or south. So look, look at here, 1 Timothy 3. This is kind of the baseline here. All right. Um, all right, this is talking about the qualifications uh, to be an overseer. Right, and I don't want to go through all the qualifications. You have time, you could, you could, you could read to that. But let's, let's lock in verse 6. It says, not a novice, lest being lifted up with pride, he fall in the condemnation of the devil. And so, so it was basically saying you promote a novice, they'll get in pride. So, so if you promote a novice to certain positions, of course, they get in pride because they're not ready for it. That's why you give the mall, the mall cop authority. They walk around trying to boss people around because they don't know how to handle the authority. You know, so they wear like a badge. When authority is something you serve, not something you control, right? Remember we said you want to be a leader, not a lorder, right? And so if you put a novice in certain positions, um, see, see, you don't want a novice or you don't want a self-proclaimed expert. You want someone that's established priorities, someone that's actually passed tests, and they're going to be ready to handle what's coming. So some people have the ability, but they, they can't handle the relationships, Right? Most talented person in the world but can't handle relationships. Some people can't handle the communication and the conversation. Some people don't know how to take the time to pay attention. Like, like they don't care to listen. Hear, hear me through. They don't care to listen. You know you have to care to listen. Like even to your kids, you know you got to care to listen. So I'm in situations where kids come around and the kids are talking. I'm visiting the house, right? Kids are talking. And so I'm engaged in conversation. So actually, I learned about Minecraft through, I don't know, how was Jason's youngest son at the time? But I, I don't know, he's six, seven, whatever you are. So, so I'm in the house. And of course, I'm, I'm the toy for the, for the young man, right? Because, you know, he's probably, go to your room, go to your room, go to your room, stop making that noise, stop making that noise. Then I come, I'm the toy now. Hey, hey, so... Hey, we're doing this, that, and the other. So what you doing over there? So we're doing Minecraft. Listen, and I did this. So I'm asking them questions because I'm learning. But actually, I, I mean, that's an engineering tool, Minecraft. Like, yeah, this guy was building all types of, 
buildings and all types of stuff. I, I would have never known. But you know why I know now? Because I said, and I listened to the kid. But the whole time I was talking to, you know, the parents like, hey, hey leave me alone. I said, no, I'm good. I'm good. I'm, I said, I'm going to finish the conversation. They okay, you sure you want to? You know, the parents always tell you, you sure you want to get engaged in this? Because it's probably not going to be over, you know. But the thing is, I care to listen. And, I, and I've set myself up. I got in trouble. I remember Jasmine's daughter. We're outside of the uh, old building. So, you, you know, we had the, the two units when we were at the shopping center the children's ministry and the sanctuary. So, uh, so I'm going to the children's ministry. She said, where are you going? I said, I'm going to the children's ministry. Uh, for what? I said, because I got to go in there and get something. No, no, she didn't say for what. She says, but why? I said, because I got to go get something. There. But why? And I said, because I got to go get something for the service. But why? She asked me like 17 but why's, but guess what? I answered as many but why's as I can, which was probably like 25. And then I was like, I'm exaggerating. It's probably more like 20. Uh, <laughs> But then I said, uh, I said, okay, well, now I have to go into the service. You know, so, so, but I gave her a reason. I just didn't, like, shut the conversation off. Like, stop talking to her. You know why? Because I care to listen. So how we learn how to serve everybody is we're listening to them. So some people come and they'll talk to us, and they'll be like, well, you know, let me do uh, So, no, nah, I just don't know how to do that. Oh, whoa, 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 whoa. Do you remember the conversation we had? Six months ago, and you told me such and such? Oh, yeah. Well, I said, you know, I was listening, right? I said, how are you coming to me with the issue, and you forgot about what you said? <laughs> you know, I can understand you forgot about what I said, but how are you going to forget about what you said? Right? But care to listen. Does that make sense? So, so, when, so, so people that are established parties are ready for tests. You can actually promote into purpose because actually they're ready for it. We must embrace the tutors and governors to be set in our rightful positions of authority in God's kingdom, right? So these tutors and governors teach us how to prioritize, right? Teach us how to pass tests and get us ready for purpose, right? We were talking about that uh, this morning, I think it came up, right? Right. So, so we know that our, our foundation is what? Equipping heirs for the kingdom of God. Uh, my wife was talking to a, a, a pastor, I believe she's a pastor, uh, talking to a pastor and she was sharing, well, at the church, we equip heirs for the kingdom of God. If you go look through the, 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 the vision and the mission, that's what we do here, right? Right, and so you, you, you're equipping them for the kingdom by preparing them for purpose, but by preparing them for purpose, you're preparing them to pass tests, and what you're trying to get them to do is establish priorities, not be all over the place, but be locked in, right? And so the scripture says, the heir differeth nothing from a servant as long as he's a child, but is under tutors and governors until the appointed time of the father, under teachers, trainers, until the appointed time of the father. A lot of times we're trying to abort, get around, um, uh, avoid, uh, make excuses when we have tutors and governors in our life. Like, like, how do you go to the tutors and governors and you're trying to school the tutors and governors? Something's wrong with that picture, right? You know, every time they say something, you got a counter, right? So, you know, the counter says, the counter says, I'm defending this position, so I'm going to stay there, even though I'm coming to you to get out of this position. Let that soak in for a second. All right. All right. So, so this is the thing. As we're growing forward, right, we have to embrace God's priorities to pass God's test. We can't offer our own qualifiers. 
We can't offer our own qualifiers. So we're learning about kingdom priorities so we know what God's priorities is. Because a lot of times we figure I should qualify, but I have priorities that I think. I've, I've just grandfathered in. This should get me in. I feel I should get elevated, promoted, and blessed because I did all of this. So we're offering our own qualifiers. Let's use an example that we pulled. Uh, I don't know if we pulled, but I'm, I'm about to pull it. Uh, do I have the right thing? Let's go to Genesis. I, I hope I have the right thing because I don't even think we got to this chapter yet. So I might have the wrong chapter. Let me see. What chapter are we in, uh, in the morning? Genesis what? Huh? Oh, good, good. So let's go to Genesis 17. I saw 17. I was like, did we get to 17 yet? So Genesis 17. All right, and, and my header, as <laughs> is the morning, like, anybody got any headers? My header says circumcision is the sign of the covenant, right? There's a cut that's a sign of the covenant, right? So let's... Uh, Verse 8. Now, this is, you know, you know, God's making some promises with Abraham, Abraham, right? He says, and I will give unto thee and thy, what? Seed after thee, the land wherein thou art a stranger, and all the land of Canaan for an everlasting possession, and I will be their God. Now, the interesting thing is, he says, I'm going to give thy... You and your seed after you. So we seed is what? Child, right? Now, up to this point, does he have a child? I'm going to ask the question again. Up to this point, does he have a child? He doesn't have a child. No child at all. Oh, yeah. Word. <laughs> so he does have a child. Well, hold on. Slow down. So, sister, we, you, you, wait, no, see, the extra, right? You just got to answer the question. Leave it at the question. The question is, does he have a child? Yes. So people out there in TV land, people have assessed that he has a child because we're actually reading through this and they know he has what? Ishmael, right? Now, we, we understand something about Ishmael. Ishmael was, hey, hey, don't blurt out stuff back there. You're supposed to be back there working behind you. Right? So, but it was Hagar's son, right? Which was a result of compromise, right? Okay? But here God's talking about a seed that he's going to bless, right? That's verse 8. Let's go here to verse 15. Uh, so he talked, he, he was talking about circumcision. Everybody needs to be circumcised, right? The, the, the whole crew, everybody in here, uh, you're. <laughs> I don't know if the service was happy about this one. <laughs> right, everybody's being circumcised. Then 15, it says, And God said unto Abraham, As for Sarai, thy wife, thou shalt call her name Sarai. Thou shalt not call her name Sarai, but Sarah shall be her name. Right? And it says, And I will bless her and give thee a son also of her. You hear that? Also of her. Yea, I will bless her, and she shall be a mother of nations. Kings of people shall be of her. Now, God had already said he was going to bless him with a kid, but they tried to help him with Hagar, right? Right? Just couldn't wait, right? Just couldn't wait, right? Then, then Abram, look, when he heard this, 
Because you know God, now God's talking to him. This wasn't just a prophet, a representative. God's talking to him, right? So he heard this. He said, then Abraham fell upon his face and laughed and said in his heart, he ain't said out loud. Man looks on the outward appearance. God looks on the heart, right? Shall a child be born unto him that is a hundred years old? And shall Sarah, that is 99 years old, bear? Now, the interesting thing is, this is their age now. Not the age when the child is going to be born. Right? Does that make sense? So they're at 100 and at 99. Right? And Abram said unto God, now, now, he didn't say that out loud. This is what he thought. Like some of us would think, like, I'll be serious right now. <laughs> right? And so, <laughs> and Abraham said unto God, oh, that Ishmael might live before thee. So based on what God said, he said, now remember he told him, <laughs> he told him he's going to have a seed that he's going to use to bless. Then he tells them what's going to happen with this family. Even though he, God just said, Sarah's going to have a child. He's like, maybe I heard God wrong. So he, he, he falls, he laughs, but out, he, on the inside, he goes, man, are we serious right now? 199? We're going to have kids? And so he offered his qualifier. He says, and Abram said unto God, oh, that Ishmael might live before thee. Now look at God's response. And God said, Sarah, thy wife, shall bear thee a son indeed. Right? He says, and thou shalt call his name Isaac, and I will establish my covenant with him for an everlasting covenant, and with his seed after him. Right? So he says, I'm establishing my covenant through, through Isaac, not Ishmael. So they tried to offer a qualifier, and the qualifier was their compromise. But God said, no, what I told you from the beginning, I'm telling you again now, and 9900, y'all probably created the delay. We didn't have to wait till 9900, but, but y'all did the Ishmael thing. And then when he heard it, he offered a qualifier. See, we do this. We hear what God is saying instead of us, okay, God, what's actually your priorities for me to pass the test to qualify? We're offering our qualifier. Well, I've been through a lot. You know, in the early years, I'd be like, well, when I first started hearing about what it took to, for ministry, you know, I'm, I'm young in ministry, and the pastor talked about, told the story before, this guy that went through something for like 17 years. Like, man, that's a long time. I won't even bother. I was like, I'm definitely, I know it ain't going to be, I'm not going through that. You know what I'm saying? I said, that was him, you know. I done been through enough in my life already. So I said, you know, and I, and, and I never said this on the outside to nobody. On the inside, in this meeting, I'm saying to myself, maybe like four or five years or something for somebody like me. You know, it's all the stuff I done been through. Now, I'm still like offering my qualifier because I'm figuring all this I done went through. Now, I, what I left out was all the stuff I took myself through. Not the things that God had designed for me to learn through, but the things that I did out of compromise. Well, it was, it did, I, I didn't go, I was correct. I didn't go through the 17 years. I went through 18. <laughs> <laughs> and it probably wouldn't have took 18. But it probably took extra years for me to get that stinking thinking out of my mind. Or what we say today, that stupid thinking out of my mind. Right? Does that make sense? 
See, so that's why the Bible says having the readiness to avenge all disobedience when your obedience is fulfilled. When I fulfill my obedience, now I'm lined up with God's priorities. I'm ready to pass God's test, and now I can fulfill God's purpose. You see that? We good? We can't be offering our own qualifiers, right? Let's go to Ecclesiastes 10. Again, we're talking about kingdom priorities, but we, we, kingdom priorities prepare us for kingdom tests, which lead us to kingdom purpose. So Ecclesiastes 10, and we'll lock in here on, on verse 5. I'm trying to see what version this is because this is not the King James Version. So knowing me is probably the classic Amplified Version. Says there's another evil I have seen under the sun. Kings and rulers make a grave mistake when they, when they give great authority to foolish people, and excuse me, and low positions to people of proven worth. It says I have seen servant, I have seen servants riding on horseback like princes, and princes walking like servants. So what he's saying is the culture has been set up where. The, the, the unproven are in the position and the proven are the servants. That's why all creation is waiting for the manifestation of the sons of God. Like waiting for those that have established priorities and have passed tests to be in the rightful place, right? Uh, let's go back to 1 Timothy 3. Um, jumped out of there too quick. First Timothy, what page is that on? All right, First Timothy 3 and 10, right? My header for this section of, of this chapter says qualifications for a servant, right? It's, it says this, it says, verse 10, it says, and let these also first be proved, then let them use the office of a deacon being found blameless. So it talks about even when you put a deacon is, is, is someone that's been established to serve at a higher level, but again, they must first be proved as proven as testing. Now, this is the thing. Uh, people used to come up to me all in my life. A lot of people, I see now why, but I didn't see then. People was always talking to me about purpose. So the whole I don't know if it was a whole 18 years, but when, you know, I worked for the church for 12 of those 18. And most of the time, people come in the office, I just want to find my purpose. What's my purpose? You know, uh, this actually is going to be a book, Finding Purpose. Oh, I'm sorry. Sunday lesson is going to be a book. All right, so uh, what's my purpose? What's my purpose, right? And then, so then I would run into people, and then they were like, okay, what's the path to fill my calling? And there's a path, Right? And so I would explain to him, I said, okay, soon as you recognize you're called, the process has already started. I said, so now you're, you're operating, there's two paths. There's a tangible preparation for your calling, and there's an intangible preparation. So even when you don't, you're not sitting in a particular class or you didn't pass a certain assignment, well, you're, you're, see, because God is already moving you through places and situations and circumstances to work out your calling on your life too. And then God, I said, I said, I'm, I, I told the person, I said, to be honest, there's things that God will tell me 
you know, uh, for you. And there's things that he will put you in position, may use me to do. I have no idea I was even doing it. I said, so, but there's specific things because I was over our training track. So we had a training track. We had a school. You had to go through the school. But just because you went through the school don't mean you should be ordained because you could pay to go through a school, right? You don't necessarily have to be called to go through school, right? Everybody went through seminary was not called. Some people just had the money. And in some cases, some people didn't even go through school. They just went online and got an ordination paper, right? Don't get mad. Y'all know that's true. Right? So, you have to embrace the whole package. The whole package. So, even if you're sitting around, okay, uh, what's my next assignment? This, that, and the other. You're in your next assignment. And are you doing that well? See, are you faithful in which what God has given you to do now? Why would he skip you to the next thing? When even in the things you know to do, have you, been, have you made them a priority? Are you consistent with those things? Okay, all right, you got me so far? That was a little extra nugget, I forgot that. That was from way back in a long time ago. It was just, the Lord just be pulling stuff out, all right? All right, so must first be proven. So we all have to fulfill <clears throat> the kingdom qualifications to receive our kingdom birthrights. We have to fulfill kingdom qualifications to receive what? Kingdom birthrights. Now, the interesting thing is you have these birthrights. Some people really want to know what's my birthright, right? You know, you got people who be going through ancestry stuff, right? Some people don't want to know because they figure if I don't know, I'm not responsible, <laughs> right? But, but the scripture says, let's go to 1 Peter. Let's go 1 Peter and see, you know, because we're, we're all born again, right? So we had, a, we had a double birth. We had a natural birth, born of water. Then we had a spiritual birth, born of the spirit, right? We had a new birth, right? You go out of your own video, check out the new birth class, <laughs> right? So, and so in our new birth, you know, we have some rights. You have some natural rights in your family, I guess. You know, maybe some of you lined up for inheritance in, in your natural families or you're picking up... Uh, batons and mantles in your natural family. But what, whether you are or not, there's, there's, there's a birthright in your spiritual family, right? Which is a priority. All right, so let's look here at uh, 1 Peter 2, verse 9. 1 Peter 2, verse 9, familiar scripture. It says, but you are what? A chosen generation, a royal priesthood, look, a holy nation, a holy people, a peculiar people that you should show forth the praises of him who has called you out of what? Darkness into his marvelous light. So if I don't know nothing, I know my priority is to walk in the light and not in darkness. If I don't know nothing, I know that I'm a chosen generation. I'm called to be a holy nation. A peculiar people, that means, Gerard, I'm not like everybody else. So, and I don't need to be like everybody else. And everybody ain't going to always understand me because I'm not conformed to this world. I'm transformed, right? Oh, wait, I'm a royal priesthood. <laughs> I'm not just a priest. I'm royalty in this thing. So I'm, 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 I'm royalty in a position to intercede, to impart, right? To stand in the gap. You know what I'm saying? So, so, so I'm, I'm, I'm a king's kid. You know what I'm saying? You got me? 
All right, so, so but, but, but let's, let's look at this, because sometimes we, we, just like we said, some people, uh, some people try to avoid some of their priorities and qualifications. Some people just didn't want to know, just kind of blow it off, like just, you know, walk, just kind of, because they don't want the responsibility. Let's look here at Genesis 25. No, we haven't gotten there yet. We'll probably spend a whole lot of time with this chapter when we do get to it. Because, you know, as you, as you keep flowing, especially when, Ab- when Abraham dies, you know, all types of special stuff start happening, you know. Um, and this, this is right before we get to uh, just Genesis 37 through 50 when the whole story of Joseph, which is my favorite story. All right, so Genesis 25. Um, and we'll... Hold on a second. 29, verse 29. Uh, oh, well, I'll just read 28 because it was, this is the favoritism, okay? So <laughs> Isaac loved Esau because he did eat of his venison or, or the, I guess that's like a deer meat or something. But Rebecca loved Jacob. Almost like the underdog. She had, you know, favor for Jacob, right? And so Jacob sawed pottage or, or, or put together a meal and saw Esau came from the field and he was faint. He was tired. Tried to catch him in his weakness, right? <laughs> it says, Esau said to Jacob, feed me, I pray thee, with that same red pottage, for I am faint. Therefore was his name called Edom, Right? And Jacob said, sell me this day thy birthright. (laughs) This is some expensive oatmeal, (laughs) right? And Esau said, behold, I am at the point to die, and what profit shall this birthright be to me? Right? And Jacob said, swear to me this day. The interesting thing is swearing back then had some value to it, right? You know, like, like you couldn't just walk away from the swear like a vow, right? So he says, swear to me, and he swore unto him and sold his birthright unto Jacob. Then Jacob gave Esau bread and pottage and lentils and did eat and drink and rose up and went his way. Esau, thus Esau despised his birthright. And if you keep reading on the chapter, you'll see that when it was time for birthrights, Esau was like, you know, give me back my birthright. No, 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 no. No, no, no. You sold it. You, you, you didn't appreciate it at the time when you should have. You took it for granted, and you sold it for a biscuit. I mean, <laughs> I mean basically, I mean, it just, you know, just made absolutely no sense here. But you see how, like, it's almost like he didn't want to know. Let's look at Hebrews 12 assessment of Esau. You know, because we walk around and we keep running to things that we, we, we're running to biscuits. We're running to our own oatmeal. Uh, it could be uh, the relationship, you know, ain't cool, but you're selling out your birthright for the relationship, right? It could be whatever, the habit or the hobby. You're selling out your birthright for the hobby. It could be one day eventually my boss will see me. It may take 20 years, but eventually I'll get that one position. Sacrificing your birthright for that. Right? 
Yeah, interesting. All right, so Hebrews 12, 15. It says, look, it says, look, looking diligently, lest any man fail of the grace of God, right? It says, lest any root of bitterness springing up trouble you, and thereby many be defiled. Lest there be any fornicator or profane, per- profane person, look, as Esau, who for one morsel of meat sold his birthright. For ye know how that afterward, when he would have inherited, 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 you know what I mean, the blessing, he was rejected, for he found no place of repentance, though he sought it carefully with tears. Meaning, he wanted his father to repent of, of, of giving a, the, the blessing to the other son, right? And so this is what happens, like we're, when you prioritize now, prioritize your birthright, prioritize your purpose, prioritize the kingdom now. You know, because you, you might find yourself waking up and now I'm trying, no, no, I'm serious, I'm serious, I'm serious now. Oh, no, no, you wasn't serious when it counted. The biscuits was more important, all right? I just used biscuits, but y'all know what I mean, right? Something that's not worth what you're, you're paying for it, right? Your, your entire birthright. And so, so <clears throat> it's time for us to pass these kingdom testing trials, right? It's time for us to pass these kingdom testing trials. And we know this in James chapter 1, verses 2 through 4. It says, count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptations, right? Right? Temptations being tempted. Uh, different testing trials, knowing this, the trying of your faith or the testing of your faith worketh patience. Let patience have its perfect work that you be perfect and entire, lacking nothing. Right? So it's saying that, okay, if you set your priorities, you're going to be tested, but the test is making sure when you pass the test, when you're ready to do what you do, you lack nothing. I mean, you notice in the military, you guys take them through training, but it's not just, maybe some people do do it, but you're not just trying to break people down. You're trying to prepare them for something. If they pass the test, you know, hey, we can go out there with him. If he's on Overwatch, I can go do what I want to do because I know he got me. And I know he's so sharp, he don't miss. So I, so, so I can do whatever I want to do because he got my back. But, but if I don't take him through tests, because he's my boy, I feel like he cool. Well, he cool. You know, we, I mean, I put my man up on Overwatch, and he can't shoot a lick, and he hasn't gone through tests because he didn't prioritize how to operate in that. You understand what I'm saying? So I can't trust him to protect me as a sniper as I'm traveling through the field. He don't have my back. Because he hasn't gone through the test, right? Oh, I can't trust we going out together that if pressure comes, you're going to be with me. Like, pressure comes, oh, here they go. You ready? And we running. <laughs> you, you don't went the other way, <laughs> right? But I'm going to know if you're going to run because of the test, because of what we've gone through. See, so, so like, you know, people, people talk about sports all the time, and, and, they, and there were situations where Michael Jordan, for me, is the greatest of all times. And so, but he wasn't just great because he always made the shot. And people would talk about, well, dude, who did he help? All these people, go back and look, these people made shots. And he kept pressure on them. He kept pressure on them in practice. So when it was time to knock down that shot, this person knew, hey, he's defending on me. Steve Kerr, John Paxton, he's dependent on me. I got to knock this down. I might not have shot the whole game, 
but I know what my job is. And I've been tested over and over and over in practice. All time, every time I miss, man, cussed out, dogged out. But I'm ready. And he knows what I'm going to do. Oh, he got this. Right? See, see so, so can, you be, can you be relied on like that? So we got to pass these tests, right? So, like, like we got to ask ourselves, we, we talked about this some, you know, maybe, some, maybe a year and a half ago. Like, we got to start asking ourselves, what have we finished? So, so when we really think we've qualified, to qualify, that means I've passed the test. But I had to take the test and finish the test. But then, but to get to the test, I have to make sure I've, I've taken care of my priorities. So what have we finished? Like, like finishing has to be a part of our life. Completing things. All that stuff, prioritize finishing. Completion. I say I'm going to do this, I'm going to finish this. Like be mindful of it. I was, I was in the house and I, I do, y'all know I do art stuff. So I've done the artwork on our walls. So I have these frames, and I was looking at them today, and I have them in a place where I have to see them every day. You know, so I, so I take the frames, and sometimes I may uh, uh, set up the, the, uh, the frame within the frame with, with some colors to match whatever we're doing, but then I'll create, just like we create graphics, I'll create graphics, but, it, you know, it'll look like, you know, a painting or whatever, right? And so I was just saying today, uh, so what are we doing here? We just got these frames sitting around here like, like they're part of, like, you know, you wouldn't notice them. Some of them are behind doors and places. She notices them. I know she knows them. But I got to finish. See, I have to complete that. You know what I'm saying? Everything has to be, you have to, you, but see, I'm not intimidated because I'm a finisher. Like I complete things. You know, so, I, so, so once I complete, as a matter of fact, I kind of live like that. I probably don't go into the gym unless I'm finishing or overdoing what I came to do. Like, I'm rarely not completing a set. You know, even if I got like, uh, I thought I could do 15 straight, but I can't. I do 10, I'm going to just do five more. Train yourself to finish, right? Because the scripture says you have need of patience after you've done, after you've done the will of God, you might receive the promise, right? After you've done the will of God. And we talked about this this morning um, uh, Ms. Lamar brought it up. It's 1 Corinthians 10, 13. It says, there is no temptation taking you but such as common to man, but God is faithful. But with the temptation, he'll make a way of escape that you'll be able to bear it. And so what I, what I saw through this is tests are common. How we respond to them is what makes us uncommon, what makes us peculiar. Tests are common. There's no temptation taking you but such as common to man. We're going, man, you don't understand. I'm going through something. You and everybody else on the planet. <laughs> right? Tests are common. It's how we respond to them that brings us, that qualifies us as these peculiar people. Right? And so, 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 so now this is our, when, when, we're, our, when we establish priorities, thank you, Lord. We establish priorities. When we pass tests, now we're in a position to sit boldly. We're going to talk about that and not a shame. We're going to talk about a lot of boldness and not a shame. But just to prove God on his promises. See, see, we, got, we want to prove God on his promises, not on our preferences. We want to test him on his covenant, not on our compromise. 
We can do that when we've established priorities, completed the priorities, completed the test. We can, when we've done all we can do to stand, we can stand there for. We can fear not stand still to see the salvation of the Lord. Why? Because I did my part. Matter of fact, Malachi says, prove me. When the tithing scripture is not as much of an obligation as an opportunity. He's saying, hey, I'm putting myself out here. Prove me. See if I won't pour out a blessing you won't have room enough to receive. See if I won't rebuke the devourer for your sake. See if I won't set up an atmosphere where your vine won't cast forth fruit before it's time. Prove me that. And the thing is, sometimes we don't do it, but he's like, it ain't my fault. I put myself out there. I said, prove me. If, if you prove me and I don't come through, you're justified. You can come to me and say, I consistently tithe, but I didn't consistently reap the harvest. You see what I'm saying? You did that. I didn't see no blessing and you didn't rebuke the devourer. Prove them. You see that? Prove them. But a lot of times we don't, we, we don't, we're not prioritizing things. And so we can't stand there boldly to see what we're going to get. See, we need faith. We need this faith in God's word. We, okay, so we need the faith in the word that we've prioritized to navigate through some of this or or what we're going to call the wilderness test. You know, we talked about test of ministry a long time ago. So, so, so we've been getting the word. We're up in the morning. We do that. So, so we get in the word. We attach our faith to that word, you know, because the word did not profit them like it profit us because what? They didn't mix it with faith, right? So our faith in this word is going to help us to get through one of the main tests, and that's called the wilderness test. Now, the scripture says, uh, I've taken you through the wilderness to humble you, to prove you. So you would know what's in your heart, whether you would keep my commandments or not. So this, this is the thing. A lot of times we say, hey, once, I, once you get me through this, Lord, I got you. I'm a vow. I keep your commandments. I'm going to be diligent. I just need you to get me, relieve me. But God's saying, no, 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 no. I'm going to leave you in the wilderness. You're going to discover why you're not going to the next level because you're going to see based on how you handle this process, whether you keep my commandments or not. Because the scripture says, so, so you would know what's in your heart. <laughs> the wilderness is a process where you'll find out what's really in you, right? And so you see, when we're in that seemingly material and or spiritual dry, desolate place, you know, we have no one to talk to but God. And God shows us all the other noise is out of the way. God shows us exactly where we really are. This is when we're in the wilderness. This is where we learn an appreciation for all God has already put in our lives. Because sometimes we can take for granted the things that we have. You know, we can take for granted our children and, and people begging to have children. You know, we can take for granted a lot of things. When we go through this wilderness test, we'll be stripped of all the enticing words of man's wisdom and learn to operate in the kingdom's demonstration of power. So you see, when you're in this wilderness, the only thing that did navigate you through is I got to believe for God to show up, right? 
You know, as Paul said, my preaching and teaching was not with enticing words of man's wisdom, but was it with demonstration of power. Your faith, so your faith should not stand in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. First Corinthians 2, 4 and 5, right? So when we go through this process, we'll then develop an appetite for something important. And my wife always emphasized it. Um, and please write down the scripture because I need to create something and I need this scripture. Uh, Matthew six eleven. you know, we'll, we'll then develop an appetite, appetite for God's daily bread. See, see, see so, so the, the interesting thing in the wilderness with the children of Israel, only way they was going to get through is get manna from God. They couldn't depend on the things that they were used to. They had to get manna for God. And that's our job to get daily bread. So when we're in that wilderness test, again, Kingdom Priorities brings us to test. We passed the test. Now we're ready for the purpose, right? And so we're going to have to get through the wilderness test. And we're going to have to learn to chew on God's daily bread. Now, another thing that we're going to need to pass this test, we're going to need patience to persevere in the time and patience test. So another test we go through is time and patience test, right? Again, priorities lead us to tests. One of the tests we go through is the wilderness test. The other one is the time and patience test. This is when our own activity, efforts, and plans seem to fail. God doesn't seem to be fulfilling his vision for our lives that we thought was going to take place. This is the time and patience test. It's what we all go through. Remember, tests are common, right? It says we, uh, when our patience is tried and we're forced to trust God to honor his word in his own time and his own way. See, when we're going through this patience test, now we're in a place where we recognize God has a timing and God has a way. Up to that point, you know, a lot of times we're depressed and frustrated because things aren't going on according to our timing and our way. And that's based on what? It's based on God's design or based on our personal preferences. When our, when our expectations aren't fulfilled on schedule, we're in the time and patience test. When our expectations aren't fulfilled on schedule, it's where we're forced to choose between obedience, our own understanding, compromise, and compliance to others or compliance to others. When we're in this time and patience test is where we're forced to, forced to choose between obedience, our own understanding, which gets us in trouble, compromise, or compliance to others. You know, the time and patience test is the place in our life where God arranges miracles to manifest his glory. See, because the scripture says to everything there's a season, there's a time for every purpose. To everything, there's a season, a time to every person. So you can get caught up in everything and, and, and you just be on a roller coaster ride. But purpose has timing. There is no roller coaster ride for purpose. Purpose has a, a designated time, right? That's why you're on the twos and governs to the appointed time. It's an appointment, the appointed time of the Father, right? He has his time. And and during the time of person test, you really see what you're made of, right? Uh, Jeremiah 12, 5 says this. Uh, I think I gave you Ecclesiastes 3, 1 and 2. To everything, there's a season and time to every purpose. That's Ecclesiastes 3, 1 and 2. 
We already had the Galatians 4, 1 and 2, right? We know that, right? And then Jeremiah 12, 5. That's familiar scripture. I've shared it plenty of times before. But it says this, if the footman weary thee, how shall thou run with the horses? So what it's saying is like some of, some of the places that we're getting spent during our tests are nothing compared to the challenges in our purpose. And so what God is saying, if the footman weary you at this level, if you're not faithful, consistent, and sustaining in the least at this level. See, the thing is, oh, a lot of the challenge is not that God is off a timing loop. A lot of the challenge is our timing doesn't look like everyone else's. So you see, if we remove the comparison and we're just locked into our design purpose, our priorities, pri- priorities, our, our tests we have to pass to fulfill our purpose, we good. But as long as we're looking around, as long as you have a family get-together, and during the family get-together, people start throwing out their, their badges. Like, it's almost like, I do it, like it's, uh, almost like it's time to play cards, and people start throwing their money on the table. They're throwing out their accolades. Yeah, well, you know, we just acquired another uh, condo uh, down in Florida. Yeah, you know, the timeshare, you know. That's uh, three levels, split levels. There's nothing, nothing. You know, like, so, so now it's like, you know, we... We need a timeshare. You know, we, yeah, I mean, when are we going to get a time? We weren't even thinking about a timeshare until it came up, right? Or uh, so, somebody just purchased this car. Somebody just purchased this house or just got a new promotion. Whatever the case may be, who cares? You know, you're in ministry and such and such. Well, you know, I just, uh, just flew over to Africa to minister such and such. So wonderful. That's what they're doing. Just do what you're supposed to do. Do you know everybody don't fly, fly over to Africa the same day? Do you realize that? Everybody in the world that's in ministry is not flying over to Africa the same day. You know that, right? Do you realize that? Do you know everybody don't publish books at the same time? So let's say if, if somebody published a book and you didn't publish yours, oh, man, I, done, I missed it, James. Everybody don't publish their book already. Too late now. Everybody does things in their appointed time. Like, like, what are we doing? And then we, do, we, we, we wake up, start getting with God, and then we have an Abraham and Sarah moment. Well, it looks like it's taking a while. So maybe he needs some help. So I'll offer my qualifier. Well, you know, I've been, I've been, I've been waiting for a long time. But we, a lot of times we're not waiting in obedience. And we're not waiting in priorities, and we ain't passed no test. See, I learned this ages ago because I used to tell people when they used to roll up on me. I say, listen, man, listen, longevity and proximity does not equate to promotion all the time. If that's the case, if that's the case, the, the chairs would be running everything. Some of these chairs been here longer than enough. They here all the time. Consistent, aren't they? And they're always in proximity. But these chairs are in the same position they were when they first came in here. <laughs> they ain't getting no elevation, no promotion, no props. Sometimes you ain't even thinking about them. Some, some people spill stuff on them, treat them wrong. Same position. So just because of longevity and proximity doesn't equal promotion. No, priorities and passing the test too. Right? You see that? 
Right? So, you know, I was, I was, uh, uh, I was watching this movie a long time ago. It's called Legion. It's not an accurate depiction, you know, because they pretty much had Gabriel like the warrior, you know, which Michael is the warrior, <laughs> right? But Gabriel came down, and so the demons was attacking, right? And so they're inside of a uh, house. And so, huh, hold on, hold on. All right, so, so the demons had to figure out different ways of getting in the house. And so, obviously, they tried to come in the direct way, <laughs> right? They boarded up the house. But then they found uh, things inside people. So they can get in the house by getting inside somebody. So if somebody was in lust, they would get inside of them. If somebody was a liar, they would get inside of them, right? And, uh, and I wrote these down a long time. I, I think we was in Ohio when I saw this movie. But the demons were like, no, I think, I think Gabriel said, listen, this is going to be the key. The weakest will be the easiest to turn, to flip. Those that are weakest. He said, look, he said, the first attack of the demons will be a test of our strength. Right? He said, the next attack will be the test of our weakness. So the first attack was to see, let me see what we're dealing with, how strong they really are. And once I've established that, now I'm attacking when I know they're weak. But if they're not strong at all, I don't even need to, I don't have to go to my ace and my hole. <laughs> I can just run them over, right? And so these different tests that we go through are showing us our strengths and our weakness in, re- in, in reality. And so we're going to need perseverance. Perseverance is the strength to be all in in the midst of all test trials, traps, and tricks. Perseverance is the strength to be all in, or we could say maintain being all in, in the midst of all test trials, traps, and tricks. The strength to be all in in the midst of all test test trials, traps, and tricks. See, because there's there's going to be tests, there's going to be trials, there's going to be traps, there's going to be tricks, but can you stay all in? Or will you get weary and well-doing, right? Scripture says in James 1.12, blessed is the man that what? Endures temptation. But we know temptation or the test is common to man. There's a lot of temp- temp- temptations going to come at you. Uh, I think Ms. Lamar highlighted that scripture this morning because uh, the, uh, the focus was uh, Abimelech, right? And he was tempted to take the wife, but... God came into him in a dream, and then all he had to do was be obedient, and he wouldn't fall into temptation. So he gave him a way of escape, right, so he could handle it, right? Obviously, he didn't have the wrong heart. He just was deceived, right? Um, so, so, again, the Scripture also talks about being able to endure to the end, right, in uh, Matthew 24, 13. The Berean version, version of that Scripture doesn't say endure to the end. It says persevere to the end. Persevere to the end. See, when we, when we must calmly tolerate delay, refuse to be provoked by it or delay to pass these tests. Like, like, like some of us at the first hint of delay, we flip. Things don't change that quick. Like, there's going to be delay. There's going to be wilderness. There's going to be a funk. That's when you're tested. You know, I, we watch around here. We watch. Man, you got some. Listen, we got some faithful people in this church. We got some wonderful, faithful people. 
But, but even the faithful people get weary while doing. See, because sometimes at a certain, when churches grow, especially a Pioneer Planet church, you have the people that are available. So they're going to get the attention because they're faithful. And, at the, and, and on the front end, I got that, I'll do that, I'll do that, I'll do that. So it's almost like setting you up because you, you expecting them to do it. Then they get tired of doing it. Then other people come along and get attention. Well, they're just used to the attention. So they feed off the attention, not the obedience to God. You know, so sometimes they can get weary well doing because they'll think they're doing it as under man, but you're not doing it under man, you're doing it under God, right? But, but everybody, as faithful as you may be, as, as special as you may be, as anointed as you may be, all of us are going to go through tests to see our genuineness, our core strength of what's really in our heart, right? See if we're going to endure when we go to the next level. See, we have to, we have to withstand the press uh, because this is what happens is you go through the wilderness and you go through the time and patience test, but you're tempted to get what? Discouraged, right? That's a test too. Discouragement test. That's a test too. See, when we allow circumstances or people to dishearten us and attempt to steal our courage in the Lord, our courage is now being tested. You know, so you could be faithful as much as you want, but then somebody kind of talks about your attitude or looks like somebody seems more shiny and bright or they're manipulating because it looks, they, want, they want what you're doing. They want you to be so discouraged that you vacate what you're doing, you vacate your birthright for a biscuit, <laughs> right? And so they, 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 so they're, they're like, well, you know, ain't, ain't nobody thinking about you. You know, how do you feel about that? I mean, I mean, you know, if I was in that position, you know, I'd think about you. I mean, I just don't know. You're probably just not being appreciated the whole time. They want the, they want the spot, <laughs> hoping you get discouraged. But if you're doing it as unto the Lord, don't make a difference what somebody said to you. Say to you, I'm not doing it for attention anyway. Joshua 1, verses 6 and 7. Joshua 1, verses 6 and 7. Now, now this, is, this is God's charge to Joshua, who was rolling with Moses as a servant. He was the man, right? But even he had to be, had to be given this statement, which is for all of us. Uh, Joshua 1, starting verse 6. It says, be strong and of good courage, for unto this people shall thou divide for an inheritance the land which I swear unto thy fathers to give them. But, it, but this, then he reemphasized it, verse 7. Only be thou strong and very courageous that thou mayest observe to do according to all the law which uh, Moses my servant commanded thee. Turn not from it to the right hand or to the left that thou mayest prosper whithersoever thou goest. And then he said this book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth. But you have to do all that's written therein. Then, then so you make your way prosperous. Then so you have good success. Right? The, see, the discouragement test is checking our motives and our attitudes. It's curbing our zeal, right? Uncovering our hidden motives and correcting our bad attitudes, right? So again, this test is actually checking our motives and attitudes. Behind that semicolon, what is our motives and attitudes? Curbing our zeal. Sometimes we could be overzealous uncovering our hidden motives that sometimes we don't even see and correcting our bad attitudes, right? Because again, when, when we go through this stuff, it's sometimes we don't think we should be going through it and we get discouraged. But courage means I can maintain my courage no matter what comes at me. 
This is where we learn to go to God in prayer and take joy in delighting ourselves in his presence versus man's affirmations and positive circumstances. See, a lot of times when we're faithful, we're faithful and our strength is in uh, affirmations. Oh, you the man. Oh, man, man, we can't do nothing without you. You wonderful, right? Just, just so so that, that's our strength is in that. Or our strength is, man, just, you know, every time I turn around, it seems like something wonderful's happened to me. Something's wonderful happened. Okay, the, the wonderful stuff start happening, and it seems like no one's giving you affirmations. Are you still locked in with God? Can God keep you moving? It's the, it's the reality of growing. You know, the thing is, people look on the outside, they, they really don't know the behind the scenes, but growing in ministry Man, it's something else, man, especially pastoring. You know, it's a lot of highs and lows. Hey, people leave churches, you know that? People that you, you could invest in everything in your mama in. You could talk to them for 15 hours at a time. You could have utilized every resource. You could have paid for their food, their cars. Uh, uh, you could have paid 1500 to fix the cars. And they still roll out on your behind. Said, real life experience, brother? You okay? Just come back. <laughs> right? You could do all that. But, but the thing is, you can't be discouraged. And, but the things that, but it's not like you're not discouraged because you're not discouraged. You got a relationship with God. You got a relationship with God. That's what, see, and you're doing it as unto the Lord. Your peace is, hey, I'm just doing this under God. So everybody's not going to value it, appreciate it, or see it for its true value. See, this is, you know, see, the scripture says, delight yourself in the Lord, and he'll give you the desires of your heart, right? We read this the other week, uh, 2 Corinthians 4, 8. I think Pastor Mel brought it up in the morning, but pressed on every side, right? We're not distressed over Ms. Lamar. One of them brought it up. So, so let's look at it real quick, 2 Corinthians 4, 8. Because some people actually need the scripture. I know I'm taking a few extra minutes on a Wednesday, but I think uh, this will help us to get through. Uh, verse 8, 2 Corinthians 4, verse 8. 2 Corinthians 4, verse 8. It says, we are troubled on every side, yet not distressed. We are perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not forsaken. Cast down, but not destroyed. Always bearing about in the body the dying of the Lord Jesus, that the life also of Jesus might be made manifest in our body. So we're saying whatever comes at us, we're going to handle it. You know, uh, uh, Paul, uh, David said, I would have fainted unless I believed to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Psalm 27, 13. Scripture says, be not where, says God's not mocked. Whatsoever man, whatsoever man soweth, that he shall reap. Galatians 6, uh, uh, 7 through 9. It says, it says, be not weary in well-doing, but you'll reap if you faint out, if you don't give up, right? And then you have uh, Romans 8.18 says, well, it says, uh, the sufferings of this present time are worthy to be compared to the glory that shall be revealed in us, right? And that's before, then after that, he says, all creation is waiting for the manifestation of the sons of God in verse 19, right? Jonah said this, Jonah 2, 7 through 9. I'm, I'm going quick because we're at the end. So I just want to make sure y'all get the scriptures. I might not get to the misunderstanding test, but even though I know y'all really, really, really do want me to get to it. Uh, so Jonah 2, 7 through 9, it says, it says, when my soul fainted within me, felt like giving up within me. He, said, he says, when my soul fainted within me, I praise you, God. When, I, when, when, 
you know, it's, it's actually a song, a, a song about Marvin Winans in perfected praise, right? Right. But when my soul fainted within me, he basically said, I reached down and I prayed to God, right? When I was nothing left in me, I connected to God, right? See, we get through the discouragement chest, we'll be able to handle misunderstanding better. And if y'all want, I can get a misunderstanding test, or you can get it next week. But of course, you said you want to do it. But a show of hands, misunderstanding test? All right, we'll do it next week. Got like two hands, <laughs> right? Was it two? Three, four? Look, look, I want, look, I won't go through it. Everybody can go through misunderstanding this week, right? <laughs> All right, I, I'm going to do it in, I'm going to do it five minutes, right? Just so you have the scriptures, okay? Misunderstanding test. Uh, so we have to board through the persecution of the misunderstanding test. A lot of times when you're going through persecution, you know, you're in the misunderstanding test. Now, the scripture says you shall receive a hundredfold blessing with what? Persecution. That's Mark 10.30. So as you continue to get blessed, persecution is coming, right? Matter of fact, I'm not telling you to look for it. Be prepared for it, right? It's coming. But even Jesus, uh, Hebrews 12, 3, it says, he endured such contradiction of sinners, right? Right? He endured, like he endured it by what? Locking into what the goal is, looking past the cross to the glory, right? Hebrews 12, 3. All right, I'm just trying to make sure you got the scriptures. Uh, look, look, uh, 2 Timothy 2, 3 through 5 says this. It says, uh, ah, that's got to go there real quick. I know I'm going fast, but actually it's on the video. 2 Timothy 2, 3 through 5. Did you get that? Okay, cool. It says, it says, thou therefore endure hardship as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. It says, no man wars to tangle himself in affairs of this life that he may please him who has chosen him to be a soldier. And it says, and if a man also strive for masteries, yet he is, it says, and if a man also strive for masteries, yet he is crowned except he strive lawfully. So even though people may be coming at you crazy, you still have to be, don't cheat. Don't let, don't let anybody punk you in the cheat. Maintain your flow. It works out. I, I was in a situation at a job where uh, uh, this young man was coming at me. I shared this story before. He was coming at me. And I had a reflex. It was just reflex. I just, you know, well, he was coming to attack me. So, so let's say he's facing me. While he's coming to attack me, there's a guy in front of me between us. He dives down to grab the kid. But when he dives down to grab the kid, the kid's going over the top of him. And I had a reflex. I smacked him. Now, I'm, I'm not supposed to hit the kids. So I, I smacked him. It was just reflex. I smacked him. And he looked, you know, because I'm, I'm the resident Christian on campus, you know. So he just looked. And... Um, so I had to write up a report. So I wrote up a report exactly what happened. You know, I said, he came at me. I said, before I knew it, I just smacked him. And so he, uh, so the guy that grabbed him didn't see me smack him because he had his head down. So he wrote in his report because he didn't want me to lose my job. You know, the kid came at him, but he didn't do nothing. So when they investigated, they saw two different reports. It says, well, we see two different reports. Yours say you actually smacked him. His say you did. I said, he didn't see me, but I smacked him. And so the, so the administrator walked out of, the, out of my office and said this. He said, I've seen people lose, lose 
their job for less things than this. I said, well, if I could lose my job for telling the truth, I never had it. And I never heard nothing about it. Two years later, I'm with the top investigator in a training. Uh, he was a, a state trooper. The state troopers came and investigated. He said, Keith Bradley, how you doing? I said, I said, I know of you. Everybody knows who you are. But how do you know who I am? He said, I remember. He says, a, a report came. He said, the investigation came by my, my, my um, desk, said you uh, smacked a kid. He says, I read it, tore it up, and threw it in the garbage. He says, I, I said, if Keith Bradley smacked him, he must deserve to be smacked. <laughs> but I didn't have to cheat is what I'm saying. You know what I'm saying? I just maintain, hey, I'm just do this the right way. And if I, if I take a <laughs> All right, Jamal's actually trying to use this to smack somebody. <laughs> All right, so, so Paul said this in 2 Corinthians 12, 7 through 12. He said, lest I should be exalted through the abundance of revelation, it was given to me a thorn in the flesh, a messenger of Satan above me, unless I should be exalted above measure, right? He says, he says I besought the Lord thrice, Right? You know, basically just remove this from me. He says, and the Lord said, my grace is sufficient. In your time of weakness, I'm strong. He says, so therefore, I, I, I glory in infirmities and necessities and distresses. Because when I'm weak, he's strong. So basically what he's saying is no matter what discouragement or what accusations or what persecution comes at me, hey, the, to buffet me because I know so much, you know, because he said, lest I should be exalted to the abundance of revelation. He says, I'm just going to embrace it. You know, and if it breaks me, I, I just go deeper in him. And so when you go through this misunderstanding test, realize this. Many won't receive or they'll reject the correct meaning of what you're trying to communicate. It's just a part of the, uh, the process. Some may misinterpret or mistake the true intent of our actions, words, attitudes, and motives. Right? When we're going through this test. So during this test, we'll find the wisdom from above to filter all of our expressions and convey our accurate feelings. When we're going through this test, when you're misunderstood, don't just get frustrated and blow up. Just go deeper in God and you'll find the wisdom from above to filter all of our expressions and convey our accurate feelings. Like, like some of my communications now, I have, you know, uh, does that make sense to you? Um, uh, with all due respect, all right, well, could I offer something to you? Or am I in this, this, this sentences, hey, I just wanted to offer this, you know? Or I might acknowledge, okay, so I hear what you're saying is this. I, let me process it this. Or this is, this is a good thing. I've, and I've learned this over the years. Because quick recognition, it's easy for me to just tell you what I think. Quick recognition, somebody tell me you did something and I've seen the pattern of behavior, quick recognition, why you do that? That's quick recognition. But what I've learned over the years tapping into wisdom is, hey, let me, let me, walk me through your philosophy on this. You know, even uh, tough situations of, uh, where I had to tell somebody a truth. Instead of me just telling them, one time, you know, I got my son's car and he was smoking. I tell the story before. But, well, I didn't know he was smoking. But it smelled like, I said, so you smoke? You smoking? He's like, nah, he, he told me, he says, uh, he, no, no, 
this particular time he was, he said he was smoking uh, Black and Miles or something. Sorry about that, son. You know, it was back in the day, BC days. Um, and so, so instead of me like, what? What's wrong with? On the inside, that's what I'm thinking. Like, what are you? Are you tri-? But I didn't do that. I said, all right, son, walk me through. What's your angle, philosophy, and wisdom for doing this? Just so I know how to pray. I said, might be something I don't know. Maybe it's a benefit. And he said, that ain't no benefit. And then he, he was transparent with me. And then we actually had a great conversation. But see, if I just reacted, just like when people are trying to come at you to, to break you down and misunderstand you, sometimes it is a misunderstanding. Sometimes we don't always articulate ourselves in the clarity that we think we do. Because we know already, especially if I'm a supervisor, I already got the skill. But that's not the, I need people following me. When John Maxwell said, a leader with nobody following them is just taking a walk. So to get people to follow me, they got to understand too. I got to make it plain to them. And I'm going to have to care to customize what I share for everybody's level of receptivity. It's one thing I learned in basketball. We talk about this, probably come up in a relationship boot camp, is to make it catchable. Because I used to throw a pass and hit your hands, you should catch it. Coach says, your responsibility as a point guard is to study the player and know each person's ability. So we had a guy that, if you threw it to him hot, he's going to fumble it. Bad hands. So I would dribble all the way to the hole. At the last second, I would just lay it out. The last second. So it was, it was almost like floating. It was this much gap. So he ain't had no time to think. He'd just catch and shoot. But if I gave it to him too early, he had to think. He had to dribble. He would fumble the ball, things like that. But as a player, you could throw it to him as hot as you want. I could, I could throw a rifle to him. He could catch it. So I had to learn how to throw the passes to each person. It wasn't about if I got the pass to you. I had to get the pass to you in a way you could catch it. I'm not going to throw a pass to Chris the same way I would to, to Zamein. It wouldn't even make sense. But now I'm going to be mad because Zamein didn't catch it. You should have caught it. Chris caught it. No, I have to package it so he can catch it. I'm not talking about basketball. I'm talking about communication. And so sometimes your misunderstanding is teaching you how to find other wisdom as opposed to teaching you patience. Sometimes we just get upset first. And like, if it, if it goes to like three questions, we done. But we want somebody to feel 25 of ours. If it gets to like three Listen, 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 listen. Ain't nobody got time for this. You, listen, you should have figured this out by now. Based on what? Your capacity of understanding? So it teaches you to, to, to tap into more wisdom. Now, the Bible says this in James 3.17. says, wisdom from above is first pure, then peaceable, um, uh, uh, without partiality, full of mercy, easy to be entreated. I'm, I'm, I'm skipping around exactly what it says. Easy to be entreated means it's easy to absorb. So one of the things we teach couples or we teach marriages, all our conversation is centered in wisdom. Soon as we lean to our own understanding or lean to our emotions or lean to our intellect or lean to our feelings, we're going to create chaos and craziness. Well, if that happens in your house with somebody you love, what do you think is going to happen with the people outside of your house? If you ain't getting along with everybody, you, you, if, if, if it's, if, that's not what I was trying to say. But that's not what I meant. That's not what I was trying to say. So that's at the house. What do you think is going on at the job? You barely got patience for the person you live with. How are you 
How's that going to translate for the people that you don't? Right? So, so, so again, the misunderstanding test helps us to tap into wisdom. And what happens is during this test, we shift from defending and protecting ourselves to yielding to God's vindication. Yielding to God's vindication. Because, again, sometimes it's misunderstanding. Sometimes it's sabotage. But the thing is, like, you, you have to trust that if God puts you there, the scripture says, well, God's brought together, let no man put us under. I know that's talking about marriage, but if God joins you to the job, then God will have to remove you. So, so your, your confidence is, I'm doing what I'm supposed to do. I'm, I'm going at the pace I'm supposed to go. This person is trying to hate. So either one, they'll get a revelation that they, they, they need to, to be blessed by me or they'll get a revelation they're going to be cursed by me. And if they don't get a, uh, that revelation, they're going to be removed by God. Either way, you win in God. If they pull you out of God, now they're not sabotaging you at that point. You're sabotaging yourself. Right? So the scripture says this in Philippians 4. Uh, no, that's not what I'm looking for. Uh, okay, where's the scripture? All right, I'll find it. I'll find it and I'll give it to you. But vindication uh, comes from God is the scripture I was looking for. So I'll find it and give it to you. But uh, that's all for today.